At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning! This podcast may contain bad language and content that some listeners may find offensive. Michael's hot. You're sticking with that phrase. <laughs> I know it makes you Touch it. Touch it. Go on, touch that mic. Ah, it's hot! I'm not actually going to touch the, the mic because that would be... Because it's too warm. No, because we get interference. I'm a fucking professional, mate. Are you? You're using big words. What? Yeah. Fucking... Welcome to Seesaw Podcast with T and Cleves. Each week, offered up a blurry perspective on life. Welcome to Seesaw. We are back once again with a guest. With the Renegade Master. Although, it, it, I mean, it is a guest. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I, no, what I was going to say is because... Early slam. <laughs> we had Selena on last time, and she's more of a co-host now, I would say, than a guest spot. Now, double slam. Go on. So backhanding compliment anyone else? So it is a guest, but last week I f- see it as more of a new seesaw as opposed to a guest episode. Oh, man. Do you want me to get you another shovel to try and dig your way out of these holes? or? Just... I mean, you could edit me out of these. Nope. <laughs> okay. So today we are with Blind Guy Talks Tech, Stephen Scott, chatting not about tech. We didn't really go that much into it. But lots of interesting things to hear from Stephen about his journey into podcasting. So let's just hit out that recording right now. And welcome back to Seesaw. We are with another guest today, a fellow podcaster, uh, a Scotsman, a cavalier. Uh, Many other adjectives could be used. Uh, Mr. Stephen Scott. Hi, Stephen. A cavalier? Hmm, that's interesting. I, I always thought of myself more as a Ford Escort, to be honest, but uh, <laughs> okay. All right, I'll take it. I mean, Cavalier was a great car. It was a brilliant car. I mean, I must admit, you know, a bit of a, an 80s reference for our uh, audience there, but yeah, it was good. <laughs> He's normally stuck in the 1950s, so anything that's 30 years above the normal reference. <laughs> it's, gone, it's gone well then, right? Okay. Yes, hello. Lovely to be here, guys. Thank you. Yes, it's lovely to be here. It's not, look, frankly, at my age, it's nice to be anywhere. So, of course, your show, uh, Blind Guy Talks Tech. Great show, like not just tech, mm. other things as well. Yeah, you tap into the the harder issues. I listened to one of your recent episodes when you talked about like the the journey of sight loss and sort of dealing with that. Not just not just a tech show. I think that's what I wanted to emphasize. Yeah, well, the thing is, I'm pretty lazy, and it, when it came to naming, I um I thought, well, let's call it something that you know people who are hard of thinking will understand. 
you know, off the bat. Uh, you know, so Blind Guy Talks Tech kind of says it, right? Um, it's interesting because I'm, I'm, I'm really not into the whole identity politics game. You know, I'm not into this, you know, hi, I'm a blind guy and, you know, forget everything else. Um, but at the same token, I think you need to tell people up front what the deal is. And it was also about the fact that it's blind guy talks tech. It's not blind guy talks accessible tech. So we're not always going to yeah. talk about Braille and desktop magnifiers and <sighs> magnify, you know, it's, it's, yeah. there's, other, <laughs> there's other stuff out there. I mean, yes, this stuff's important and it absolutely is. And we'll talk about it. But you know what? I'm into cars. I'm into drones. I'm into, you know, autonomous vehicles, all this stuff that's coming up. And it interests us in the same way it interests everybody else. Now, it doesn't mean that I can use any of it, but that's not, you know, nobody, how many people watch Top Gear, right? And look at the Lamborghini and go, wow, what a great car that is. How many people watching that show are ever going to drive a Lamborghini? And they've got a license. Yeah. So, you know, it's not, it's it's not like it's ever going to be the case that just because I watch Mary Berry make a cake means I'm going to make a cake, but I can still enjoy her watching a cake. Although I will say I'm against it generally because then it makes me want cake and I don't have cake and that gets me annoyed. (laughs) So I'm against cooking shows for that reason, and they should all be banned. I manage a cake decorating wholesaler for Dr. Otka, and today I sat and just ate icing for a while to try it. <laughs> <laughs> you see, what he's not telling you is sometimes, like because it's wholesale, he'll come back to the house and there'll be like a 10-kilogram bag of ruby chocolate buttons. And he's like, these have gone off, but they're still fine. And then that's all everyone's eating for like two months because two like, that's a lot of buttons. <laughs> but in saying that, uh, you know, it, it's not something. I mean, the thing is that actually for me, the the sell by date is there for some kind of um, almost, you know, it's almost like if there was a Paralympian event for eating chocolate buttons before the sell by date, you know, I, I could win that. <laughs> because, you know, I, I'd, I'd be top of that leaderboard. I'm not going to do the javelin throwing or the archery or, you know, chucking buses around, whatever people do in the Paralympics. But they don't do that, as far as I'm aware. But eating chocolate buns up to the point of their sell-by date, which might be like an hour, <laughs> I'd be all for that. So if we go on to what you, you do primarily, yeah, sorry, then. Yeah, I think about five months ago you asked me about the podcast, didn't you? Uh, so so, so I, how I did you start I, off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I told you this would happen. Um, no, it's absolutely fine. Uh, <laughs> I feel like your wife's like, oh, should we have kids? And you went, mm, I'm thinking of starting this podcast instead. <laughs> yeah, this is my child. Um, it's funny because when we did the, we, we started off, I mean, uh, probably 20, uh, 2010, uh, 2009, right about that time, uh, we started doing the RNIB Tech Talk show, which um, was kind of interesting because I, I had this idea. It was just after the iPhone had launched. It was when it had got voiceover added to it, when the, you know, the, the version of the iPhone had come out with voiceover, and I thought, hmm, this is interesting, because now we're starting to see technology taking a turn that is going to do some good, right? It's going to actually have some impact on us. Because, look, when I saw the iPhone at first, I thought, how on earth am I going to use this thing? Yeah. Um, it's a slab of glass with a button on it. I mean, what is that going to do for me? And I know a lot of blind people felt the same way, and I remember having so many conversations with people on my on my radio show that I had at the time, saying, this is going to be a tragedy. We're going to have a real problem here. Because other manufacturers will follow this, and they did, and yeah. um, we we kind of thought, right, what do we do? So when the when when the voiceover came out on the iPhone, and it was clear that Apple were taking uh, accessibility seriously to for for blind people, and not just blind people, but you know other disabled people as well, I thought, hmm, okay, cool. So I went to my boss and I said, listen, I've got an idea. I'd like to do a radio show um, all about technology 
for blind people, but not just focus on the the stuff that you know we've talked about for years. Again, braille displays, you know, desktop magnifiers, all that stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the mainstream stuff off the shelf. You, know, you walk into a Curry's or a PC World or a Comet in those days. Uh, you know, Comet. Yeah. Um, old Dixons. Old Dixons, yeah. <laughs> still, still available at airports, yeah. If you, although I've not seen the inside of an airport for I don't know how long, so I don't even know if they still have planes anymore. But, uh, you know, you would go in and you would, you would get all this different tech and, and more and more of it seemed to be coming accessible. And I thought, I'd like to tell people about this. And I was laughed out of the room. I mean, I was literally laughed out of the room. Who is going to listen to a show about technology? Come on, Stephen, be serious. And I'm like, look, come on, you know, just just give me an hour. And eventually he relented. I mean, it took a few goes. And eventually he said, oh, listen, you can you have an hour on a Tuesday night, seven o'clock at night. No one's listening. So, you know, have that. And, yeah. um, you know, really strong words of encouragement. And yeah. um, have, have seven o'clock on a Tuesday night and uh, don't screw it up. And uh, that was it. That was That was the advice. And I decided, right, I've got my hour. And I went on air and I started talking about stuff. And, you know, I'll be honest. I mean, even when I listened back to the first few shows um, at the time, you know, I thought they were good. You know, listening back, I thought they were bloody awful. Um, (laughs) And then it kind of gradually picked up pace because what happened was after about maybe 100 odd shows, I realized that one thing that was missing from this was a conversation with the audience, right? People how do you get in touch? And, you know, it's, this isn't just about me kind of on transmit. I, I want to hear from other people and see what people are saying. And it was clear at that point, more people were starting to get on board with this technology, be able to talk about it. And so we changed the format a little bit. We brought some people in. We made it a bit more, I wouldn't say controversial, but we, we made it a bit more chatty. And certainly we gave our opinion a bit more. Yeah. And um, that led to what became the sort of new sound of tech talk at that point. And, um, about maybe two years in, three years in. And at that point, it, it just kind of exploded in popularity because people were realizing they could have a conversation with us. They could um, hear about these issues and it became really popular. And then when we finally ended the show, in the last two years of its, its existence, it was the number one show on the station. It was the show that was getting the most uh, interaction. It was the show that was getting people talking, uh, engaging. It was number one. It was just doing really, really well. And the, the podcast numbers were incredible. The, the people listening on the radio were incredible. And the interaction was great. And it was doing so well. So obviously, the sensible thing to do was to leave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was say, why did you end it then at that point? Like- <laughs> it was going so well. But the truth is, that wasn't my only job at RNIB. I had lots of other stuff to do. Um, they were paying me to do lots of other things. And um, I just wanted to focus on the tech. That's really what I enjoyed. And I wanted to do more with it. But, you know, RNIB is, is a big organization and they've got lots of different departments and lots of people doing different things. And it, there was, it was never going to be possible for me to do what I wanted to do, which was to really take this on and really make it a bigger deal because they couldn't afford me to just do that all the time. I mean, I worked for a radio station that was 160 hours a week and wow. I was one hour of that. So, yeah. you know, I mean, okay, yes, I know it was repeated and stuff like that, but at the same token... It was one hour of 160. There were lots of other people involved and it wasn't fair on them to just be me focused on this one thing. So for that reason, I I came to the conclusion that, look, I'd been there for 15 years at RNIB overall. I'd done some great things. I had some great times, but I thought it's maybe time to move on. And um, it wasn't acrimonious. There was no issue at all. There was nothing like that. I think a lot of people think there was some kind of war of words and I, you know, threw my toys out the pram and ran away, but there was none of that. It It was a very... Very, I mean, I still have great friends who, you know, I met. And that's one thing I guess I miss most is I miss the people. 
I, I mean, maybe, maybe we don't miss the bureaucracy of organisations like RNIB, but then it's not exclusive to RNIB. I think all organisations are just as, as bad and, and just like that. And I think I'm just one of those kind of minds that doesn't really work well in that. You know, I came from a very creative background. And to say creative, I mean, chaotic is maybe a better way of putting, putting yeah. it. I mean, I, I worked in radio, commercial radio for years before this, and, and that was not your kind of standard nine to five operation. And even yeah. when I was at RNIB, I found it really difficult to get into the mindset of a nine to five. I used to be still at the station at like nine or 10 o'clock at night. And people were like, you, you can't be here at that time of night. You know, you're not allowed to be here. Cleaners would be sort of shutting the building up saying, you need to leave. You know, we have to lock <laughs> the building. And I'm like, I'll just give me a set of keys and I'll, you know, no, no, you can't do that. And I just couldn't get into my head how this worked. You know, it just wasn't me. I wasn't a nine to five kind of guy. And, you know, as you know yourselves, guys, I mean, you know, we're doing this podcast. It's not like, you know, well, we we can only do it between half past two and half past three because that's when I have my meetings. Yeah. No, it's not like that. It doesn't work like that because that's not when the creative juices flow. They flow when they flow. Yeah. And sometimes I'll get up at three in the morning and I've got an idea and I just cannot shake it. And I'm like, right, I'm going to, I've got to do this. Yeah. And I get up and I do it. Or, you know, interviews with people like I did this morning with someone in Australia. And that's not possible to do at a reasonable hour of the day either of our times. So we have to yeah. find somewhere in the middle and it's usually early morning or really late at night. Yeah. But that's the way this business works. And it's not that the business works that way. It's just how we work. Uh, it took me a long time. My wife took a long time to get around to that because she was, you know, in a typical nine to five job and she had that mindset and it took her a long time to understand how that worked, that essentially my hobby was my job. And um, yeah, I never really fitted in. And, and then lots of changes happened to RNIB for lots of boring reasons. It was all very corporate, you know, led stuff that was going on. And it was totally understandable why they were doing what they were doing. You know, they had to be the organization they needed to present them the world to the world as being. Um, everything they did was right. It just didn't fit me. Fitted lots of other people and all the people are still there. It fits them, it fits them like a glove. But for me, it just didn't work for me. And I just needed a bit more freedom and especially to do this kind of thing. So I decided I was going to leave. I'd already been working in Canada on a couple of projects, Double Tap Canada, Double Tap TV, yeah. um, which had been going there for, for a good couple of years and um, had lots of fun with that and having lots of fun with that. And then I decided, I, I, you know, that's not enough to keep myself entertained, you know, all week. Um, <laughs> and I'll get into mischief if I don't. So I'm best to do something. And um, the idea was born for Blind Guy Talks Tech. I mean, how was that transition like, coming from R&IB? Like you've, you've come out of it. And like you had other projects going on, but was it sort of intimidating thinking like now it's all on you from that point onwards? I think at the start, no. It kind of, it was a bit like a wave, you know, it kind of initially, no. There was all the excitement and the build up about what this was going to be. Um, and I, I deliberately wanted to do the show originally weekdays. That was the first idea was that we're going to do a weekday show. And that was deliberate because I wanted to keep some kind of routine. Yeah, because I thought when someone leaves a job, and I'm not going to another nine to five job, I'm working freelance now. So for that reason, I'm not really in the position where I'm able to, you know, get up in the morning and go to a job and then come back at five. I'm not doing that anymore. So I need to try. But I need to keep a bit of that. I need to try and do a bit of that and keep it going. And um, I thought at least the podcast gets you up at a reasonable time. You know, get into a routine of you know starting the day essentially. And although that none of that's actually happened. It has set me in a, a good stead and it's given me some focus. And I think you need that. And you know, the thing was that the pandemic for me was a real kind of, um, I would say it was a very long flight path for me leaving RIB because 
you know, I'd planned to leave at the beginning of 2020. This is the, the, the fun bit about this story is that I had actually been away at an event at the beginning of the year and I'd made a decision that I was going to leave. And then I come home and I was at the event I was at was CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas at the beginning of 2020, you know, became the super spreader event for coronavirus around the yeah. world. Uh, so you can thank me for bringing it to the UK later. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I came back thinking, okay, I think I've, I think I'm done. I think that's it. Yeah. And I wasn't 100%, but I was about 90%. And At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Then, about maybe a month later, I'm watching the headlines thinking, what's going on right now? What, you know, that way that, the, you, know, you know, the way it started to bubble up and it became less of a, you know, that noise in the background to, hang on, something's going on here. What is this? Yeah. And suddenly, and I was doing news shows and stuff, so I was aware of it, but I wasn't really paying. And, you know, you hear virus and you hear China, you think, oh, it's a long way off. It's a far away and it'll, China will sort it out. They'll nuke it or something. It'll be fine. Then it, that didn't happen. And, you know, gradually it started to move across. And as soon as I heard, you know, Italy and, and parts of Europe, I thought, we're going to get this. This is going to come here. And when we had that Italy was locking down, I thought, yeah, this, we're going to lock down as well. There's no way this can... It's a virus, right? And there's no there's no vaccine for it. So we're, we're yeah. going to be screwed. So I decided, you know, I, I, at that point, I actually made that decision. I said, I'm going to stop any plans I make because I, and we need to see what's going on here because I don't know what the future holds. And if this, if this leads to what it might lead to, and I've always been a bit of a forward thinker in that way. I've always tried to think like 20 steps ahead, what's coming down the line. And um, I thought if this means that, you know, organizations are tanked, what if, what if there is no, you know, jobs anymore <laughs> or, yeah. you know, what if the RNIB doesn't survive it? Or what if I don't survive this? Or what if, you know, the Canadian stuff I do dries up because, you know, they can't do it anymore? Or who knows? I don't know what's going to happen. So I said, just let's leave all. And that, that was at that point, I just decided to stay with it. And then once I saw the, the kind of light at the end of the tunnel, if you like, in 22, uh, sorry, in 21, um, I made the decision it was time to time to go. So yeah, that was it. But uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a strange move because... Um, the first few weeks were weird, especially at the beginning of the year. You know, although I had stuff to do and I was busy, it was really weird not doing the, the 10 o'clock calls we always did. Yeah. Um, I still miss them, actually. You know, they were a really nice start to my day. And like I said, I love the people who I worked with. You know, they were great people. I mean, all the team, they were brilliant and they are brilliant. And, you know, R&IB gets knocked all the time. And I think a lot of people thought when I left, you know, I was going to get, you know, I start, you know, turning around and, you know, the, the real story of what goes yeah. on at RNIB. <laughs> and it's like, you know what? I'll tell you what goes on at RNIB. A lot of hardworking people do their best in a situation which is pretty much stacked against them. Because, you know, organizationally, my biggest criticism of RNIB is it's not led by blind people. Yeah. And that's its biggest criticism. But there are tons of people who work in that organization who work bloody hard to deliver good services. Yeah. And, it's very easy to criticise the RNIB, whatever that means. And I never liked that phrase because, it, you know, I knew the people, the faces, the names that were associated and att attached to that. I can be critical about certain things and there's things I'll say publicly and there's things I won't, but I can be critical of it. 
But I come to it from a place of knowledge inside, knowing what was going on and why these things were happening. But I can never fault the people. Yeah, I cannot fault the people for doing what they do. You know, the iClinic liaison officers, the uh, the technology people that I've worked with over the years, uh, all the radio staff I worked with. Everybody just tries to do the one thing, and that is provide the best and and and, and you know most amount of information and service to blind people. And sometimes it doesn't go as planned for various reasons. Um, and sometimes it's, it's an absolute success, but you never hear about it. That was the thing that really irritated me most. The biggest problem with RNIB was they had a lot of successes, but they never talked about them. And, and you know, One that always stuck with my mind, in my mind, and you have to be careful how I say this, because this was one of these stories you could dispute, arguably, but RNIB had a big part to play in the voice of Lady A. I mean, it was involved in that process way back at the beginning. People from RNIB were in there at the time, before this thing was even being brought up and discussed in public. And they were involved in that because they had, they'd been part of a company. There was a company that RNIB owned and then it was transferred across. And, you know, there was, there was like an involvement that RNIB had that gave Lady A her voice. I mean, yeah. nobody knows that. Yeah, but why? Why are they not talking about it? You know, and this was what always used to irritate me. It's like, why don't you talk about these things, guys? Because you've done a lot of great stuff. Um, I, I still think to this day, and I know they've had issues with it, but the, the newspaper service they have, I think, is one of the best services that, that the RNIB does. The book service, of course, is great. I mean, I, I'm not the biggest reader in the world, so that applies less to me. I mean, I, I see 50 hours in a book, and I think, geez, you know, that's that's my life gone. You know, <laughs> I, this, I'll I'll die before this book is finished. I, I can't do it, even at double speed. Um, but I just thought, you know, with, with a lot of the services they have, they really could promote better. And that was the one thing that irritated me most. But, you know, in my position, there was not much I could do other than talk about them on the radio, you know. But you were often, you were often talking to the choir. And um, I think since leaving RNIB and starting this new podcast, and a lot of people are coming to the podcast who didn't know me before or maybe knew me before, heard this annoying voice, wondered who it was, um, and, you know, have maybe been aware of my work at RNIB before and, you know, they maybe don't realise that, you know, even Tech Talk was attached to RNIB at one time. Yeah. Um, I remember hearing a guy who in touch one night. <laughs> Always made me laugh. And he said, um, there's one thing I really enjoy and it's that uh, Tech Talk programme and I, I think RNIB should listen to that. And the presenter says, I think RNIB actually, you know, produced that. And he's like, really? Well, but but it's good. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's like, For God's sake, you know. But look, I'll defend them for what they do. I think they, they try their, their best. And, you know, you're not going to get me slamming them outside because it, it would be unfair. They gave me uh, great opportunities over the years. And did I don't I wouldn't say they gave me a job because I worked bloody hard for it. Yeah. Um, I'll never be appreciative to anybody for giving me a job. I, work, I have and always will work hard for what I do. It's why I'm where I am. It's why I can do what I can do. Yeah. And I went out and worked for it. And... You know, it kind of leads into why, you know, my, my kind of mission these days is to tell people, you've got to be responsible for yourselves. You know, this world, everybody loves to be a victim or, you know, everybody wants to be a victim, it seems. And yeah. some people even love it. And I find that really difficult because it's just not the approach I want to take in life. I think, no, don't be a victim. Be a hero. Go and, you know, do, go and win. Go and, go and do well. Go and succeed and do it despite everything else. Don't, do, don't say because of this, I can't. Because you're just, you're putting up your own barriers. Yeah. I was a guy from the East End of Glasgow. I was told by my school, learn to type because all you'll ever be is an admin. Don't even think about any other kind of jobs. When I said I wanted to work in media, they just laughed. You know, I was told, don't even, don't dream about 
being famous or any of that nonsense. Nobody from the east end of Glasgow is going to be like that. Come on, be serious. And I just kind of went, screw you. I'm going to do this. And and I did. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's possible. It. Well, it's possible. That's the point. It's possible. And we can yeah. all blame everyone else and we can all blame, you know, society for all our problems. And everyone loves to do that these days. And I hear a lot of this in the disabled community. Yes. It's all about... Oh, you know, so everyone else's fault. It's the social social model and all this. And I don't really understand all this, but what I, what I get from it is that basically it's everyone else's fault and not yours. And I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that approach to things. I think that we're all responsible for our own lives. Yes, there are challenges without a shadow of a doubt, but it's how you overcome those challenges. And we all can. Yeah, absolutely. And we've done a fair few episodes on the topic of are disabled people miserable bastards who no one wants to be around who makes everyone's problems their problem it's yeah <laughs> but that's that's people right i mean people yeah. are all like that as well i mean the, yeah. the thing is this is this is why it annoys me when we start dividing ourselves up into little boxes and we we talk about disabled people versus people who are black versus women versus gay people versus trans people we start to put ourselves in boxes and i always think what about someone who's black who's blind and is a lesbian how does she identify and and what's more important at that point? Now, I'm not saying that person identifies any particular way, but at the same time, if society demands that we all identify ourselves in some way, then you've got to put something up front. And the problem yeah. with that is it doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't work for me. You know, yeah, I'm a blind guy, but, you know, it's that's just because I am. I'm not proud of it. I'm not happy about it. I'm not in love with it, but it's what it is. Do you want to ask me one tech question? Unless, we've, uh, unless you guys um, need to go. What's your favourite at the moment? Cliche question. What's the favourite bit of new tech you've discovered lately? Oh, God. That's a terrible question. I know. Um, I, I know. Asked, I never know. asked for that. Um, God, new tech. that I, I, It's so interesting because I think the one thing for me at the minute, it's not that new, but I guess the one piece of tech that I'm enjoying at the moment is my audio sunglasses. I think that's the thing that I tend to enjoy. Now, I tried two different types. I've got the Bose frames originally which I had to buy another pair of because, um, well, I mean, I say I had to. That's that's my wife's purpose. I said that. Um, yeah. I had to. had to do it, dear. Um, but they were on sale on Amazon, so it was all good. But, um, yeah, they, they're they really good because I have what's called fat face syndrome. It's a serious problem, <laughs> FFS. And um, I've got the FFS problem. And as a result, uh, I need larger glasses. And um, so I got these, and these really fitted well. Uh, but, unfortunately, the arm or leg of a debate going on at the minute is it arm <laughs> or leg on glasses i think leg if i'm honest but some people say arm um but anyway one or other fell off and um i had to buy the new ones so that was what i did but in the meantime before i bought these again because i couldn't get that particular version uh the, a company called anchor a-n-k-e-r i've also been called that a couple of times but i think they add a letter um <laughs> but the um these are called the Soundcore frames. They're very similar. I'd say much better built, but the audio is crap. Yeah. Um, it, uh, I believe the American kids call it, they say it sucks ass. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if that's the official term, but that's what I've, I believe that's what they call it. It doesn't, it's not great. The audio quality is not great. The microphone is not great. I was on a crowded street and I was trying to call a taxi and the driver couldn't get a word I was saying. I could barely understand what he was saying. I was like, geez, these are terrible. And because of the way they work, the, you can't just take them off or press a button and turn them off. They they just stay on all the time. So you, they kind of go off when they decide they've had enough. Yeah. Um. So you can't just take them off and then go back to your phone without faffing around. And you know what it's like when you're in a hurry or you're 
in a busy place. You can barely hear anything as it is. And you're trying to hear voiceover and some, and someone's trying to cross you, you know, take you across a road and, you know, bus drivers are stopping and asking if you want to get on the bus. And it's like, guys, just g- give me a minute. I need a sign. You know, yeah. I'm a, I'm a working blind person. Please do not distract me. Yeah. Um, and I should get that made. That's a great t-shirt idea. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Uh, Second t-shirt. Second t-shirt. <laughs> I've got a whole merchandise thing running here. Um, but. You know, honestly, you know, you, you're trying to get on this thing and then eventually, you know, I, I got the, the driver and that was fine. But again, the glasses just didn't really work. Whereas the Bose ones, the audio quality is much better because the sound, it, it does leak a lot because it's kind of firing out of the glasses. It's not bone conduction. It's firing out of the glasses into your ear or out of the arms into your ear. So that means if someone's sitting next to you, they'll hear it as well. So if you were on the yeah. bus, for example, and someone's sitting next to you and you type, the guy next to me is a twat. Then the problem there is that he'll hear that and uh, that will get you into trouble. And I would advise against that. <laughs> you see, that, that that's a very subtle way of telling people what you really think. Yeah. Is, it, is that a Glasgow subtle? Is it? Is it basically a brick through a window, really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, did that answer that question? We've got one quote, yeah. one text. There we go, student. one text, yes. There you go. There's you see, many you more. Get your money's worth on this podcast, don't you? <laughs> uh, Stephen, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on, and thank you again. And we will get you back on um, because I think we could definitely spin a yarn for a lot longer. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I don't doubt it. Listen, guys, I've had so much fun. I really appreciate it, and thank you for the um, the opportunity to talk about Blind Guy Talks Tech, available on all good podcast services and bad ones. Uh, and if you add .com at the end, you get a website, which is, you know, reasonable. Tell me if you like it or not. I mean, I, I made it, so God knows. I mean, it's, it's accessible to me. I, I can use it on the Mac, um, running uh, Netscape Navigator. So if, if that's good for anyone, that's fine. If anybody else needs to use it with, say, a modern browser, good luck. But, um, <laughs> yeah. no, it, it's all good. No, it should, it should be fine. Let me know if it's not, and I'll, um, and I'll tell someone else. All links will be in the show notes, of course. Awesome. No, you do it properly, you see. I just uh, I just say that and then forget. <laughs> <laughs> you see, now you said that, I'm going to forget. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, do you know what? These people that say, you know, oh, have you done show notes? And I'm like, just listen to the podcast. It's all there. I'm not yeah. going to do it again. <laughs> That's like homework. Uh, Stephen, it's, it's been great to have you on. Um, we won't take any much more of your time. Um, but I think, I mean, we, we've only just touched like, the tip of the iceberg with conversations, of course. Um, especially looking at my notes here, like there's so many tech questions we could have <laughs> got into. Did you get to any of them? <laughs> um, Stephen, we'll chat to you soon. Nice guys, Thank you very much, man. You. Cheers. Thank Thanks you. for all the stuff. Don't use those. They're terrible. <laughs> you used to be recorded static. I don't know what to do. <laughs> You're going to use your brick. <laughs> So that was our interview with Stephen Scott. We will be getting Stephen back down the line to talk tech. But I really enjoyed the interview. I'd like to do an episode Stephen Scott versus Barry Scott. Barry Scott is just a composite. He's not a real man. He's a real man. He's not a real man. He's a dirt buster for Silic Bang. I'd like to see Barry Scott versus Phil Swift. I don't know who that is. Phil Swift, uh, Flex Tape. Oh. Yeah. Strong clothes, this is. Very strong, yes. <laughs> so, hope you enjoyed that interview with Stephen. Uh, look at the show notes. You will find all the links for Stephen's show. They'll all be down there where you can find the website and some links to popular podcast players where you can locate his show. 
Also, feel free to pay us money on Patreon if you feel like that's your jam. We have a couple of episodes of The Slide out, so go and listen to those. Okay, and on that, we shall see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Seesaw Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Seesaw Pod, Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, and YouTube at Seesaw Podcast. You can also email us at seesawpodcast at gmail.com. Like, rate, review, subscribe, and then you can also find us on TikTok, but get us on all the other places. This podcast was recorded in front of a blind audience.